evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Man in the Mirror with Ty and Michelle. I'm truly excited tonight, and also my voice has been overworked with work, cold, and everything else. But as they say, the show must go on. Um, Welcome back to the show, Michelle. Thanks so much, Ty. Glad to be back. I'm glad. How many of us have enjoyed this weather this week? How many of us enjoying this cold? It's that, that's why my voice is going crazy because it's cold. It's up. It's down. It's all around, but it's okay. I hope you guys are just excited as I am. I'm just hoping you are. It's almost that time of year. In 25 days or less, we will be celebrating Christmas. So, Michelle, what's up with that? You know, are, are you ready for Christmas? Oh, not at all. Are you, I'll be, I'll be not at all. By, by, I'll be ready by December 24th. Oh, by the 24th. Okay, okay, you'll be ready by the 24th. So don't mind me. I will be drinking some water here and there. I just drank some tea. we got to keep the show going. But tonight, tonight's show is about Born to Die, Episode 2. About a year ago today, we did Born to Die. Um, now we're going to do episode two a whole year later because, you know, this is the holiday season. And we really forget about what the holiday is all about. So without further ado, I will open up in prayer. And if you guys want to chime in um, you can, um, and t- talk to us about the Christmas holidays or what Christmas really means to you, Please dial 917. I'm sorry, yeah, 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And um, come talk to us because the holiday is coming and we just want to continue and just talk about what is really the holiday is all about. And now I'm going to open us up in prayer so we can continue um, to evening's episode. Dear Grace and Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for lying down, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. Please bless us this holiday season, Lord. Bless man in the mirror, Lord. Bless our listening audience, Lord. Bless those who don't know you. Bless those who need to know you in a free pardon of their sins, Lord. Help us, Lord, just not to just to remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, Lord. And Lord, just help us just to do bless us, Lord, throughout the show. This night, Lord, continue to pray, pray for the sick, Lord, those who are going through right now, those who may not. Pray for the homeless, Lord. Continue to bless them in a mighty way, Lord. Pray for those whose parents are going through right now. Pray for those who are jobless, Lord. Pray for those who are in school who need help, Lord. Just continue just to bless everyone, Lord, and help people realize that your mercies are new every morning. If we didn't get it right today, Lord, we know that, too. Lord willing, we wake up and we can try again. And we'll never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And as I said in the show, note tonight's episode. Merry Christmas. Deck the halls. It came upon the midnight clear. Sound familiar? Yes, it's that time of year. Yes, it's that time to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But I'm going to ask this question that I'm going to ask a question that my pastor asked in the show. Pastor Erica Stanley asked us at Masterpiece Community Connections Ministry. She asked us several times, "When is Christ's birthday?" Better yet, here's a really deep question: What do you do when you know you're being born to die? Do you follow through with the plan, or do you change your mind? Or do you remember what the scripture said a a very you know in a very well known Bible verse? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whomsoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's John three sixteen. So I'm gonna put that out there for those, give you a little few minutes to think, give you time to think, but Michelle, when is Christ's birthday? I have no idea. 
You have no idea. So we celebrate it every. We celebrate it every year. We celebrate it every year. But don't we just we just honor him on that day? But I don't I don't know that we know the answer to that question, right? So that is the one question tonight. And I and when she when she when my pastor actually said it, it baffled my mind. I'm like, she is absolutely right. It's like we we read scriptures, we study scriptures, but then as soon as Christmas comes up, we like, yeah, let's deck the halls. It came upon the midnight clear. Merry Christmas. <clears throat> Excuse me. But he has no birthday. I'm just going to put it out there. He has no birthday. Why? Because he has. He was always around since the beginning. He's the son of God. There's a Jewish, there's a Greek word called Elohim, meaning he's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So if we go back to Revelations 22, 13, he says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. So he has always been. He has always been. There is, he has no birthday. He has no ending. He has always been. So, you know, when people ask, well, when is his birthday? Yes, you said the celebration. Uh, we're celebrating it on the 25th. But that's what man came up with. That's what man came up with. And we really get into what Greek, what, um, I'm going to let you, you know, do your little research while I'm hint, hint, hint. You know, where did Christmas really come from? Because it's actually a man-made holiday. You know, when we are talking about Christ, his birthday, he has none because he is the beginning and he is the end. When you're the beginning, you're the end. When you're the Alpha and Omega, you are always there. You are, you're, you're, you are, you're omnipresent. You are always there. So he has no birthday. So, you know, we sing these songs away in the manger, right? You know, you know, he came down in the form of man you know, to live among us, to love us, to, you know, so people can look at him and say, hey, you know, he's a man. He felt pain like we did. He was tempted like us because the scripture says Satan went to tempt him when he became an older man. He was born in a manger. He was born poor. People think that he was born rich. No, the story was he was born in a manger. I mean, there was no room. If we follow the story, if we read the Christmas story, he was born in a manger, the stinkiest place around. What mother, you mothers who are out there, would want to go have their baby in a stall with hay, a little bit of clothes, you know, in a in a in a barn somewhere? I know there's not too many mothers out there that would really want to have their baby, but he was born poor. We look at it, you know, look at him, you know, as he got older, but he was born poor. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, we know the story how he had to flee. Uh, you know, Joseph had to take um, Mary and him and had to flee so he wouldn't be um, killed because the king was trying to every, kill every male child at the time. So they flee. And he was born in um, Bethlehem in a manger because there was no room. So he understands what it is being poor. He understands what it is not having anything. You know, he was raised up as a man. He was raised up as a boy. He was raised up as a teenager. He was raised up as a man. You know, he understood pain. He knew what he had to do from the day he was conceived in his in Mary's womb. He knew what he had to do. So you know, they can always do a dialogue. What, what as a baby, as a son of God, you already know what you have to do. But that's why I put in there. You do it. How many of us, if we knew, okay, what is that going on in the background? That was me, sorry. Ah, the, the, the tides have turned. I, I, was anyway. about, I was about to interrupt you because I, I think we just mixed up a couple of stories all in the one. But I'm gonna I'm gonna find it and let you know. Okay, go ahead. But you know, what do you do when you know 
that you have a job to do, that the world was so in so much turmoil when it comes to sin that you had to come save the world. What do you do? Do you say, hmm, time going down there? Because some of us were like, I know how some of us would be. I ain't going down there to save them. That's why the verse in John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He said, Father, I'll go down there and do it. Excuse me, I will save them. I will sacrifice my life. But he had to come down as a child so people can see him grow, so people can see that he was a child, he was a teenager, he was a man, and he went out at the age of 33 from when he was born to start his ministry at the age of 30, because, you know, yeah, at the age of at the age of 30, no, it was 33. I'm sorry, it was at the age of 33. That's when he went and started his ministry because he had to go do what the Father wanted him to do. He was sent here. Now, that was John 3, 16. But again, this John three seventeen says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So, we're looking at somebody, and, I, and that's why I did this last year. I do it this year just to open up the holiday season to make us think that we always say Jesus is the reason for the season. People have nativities and everything. But do you really understand what was going on at the time when Christ was born? Do you really understand what was going on at the time of Christ was born? Did you find those stories that you're looking for in the show? She'll be back. She'll be back. But I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. But go ahead with what you were saying. Okay, but uh, as I was saying is that it takes a special person, a person with love, you know, who has no beginning, who has no ending. You know, we celebrate, yes, he has no birthday. He was always there. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost were always in existence from the beginning of time. And so after Adam, after the fall of Adam and Eve, that's when we had to, you know, he had to send somebody to pay the debt, the penalty of that sin, which is called the original sin. And after he took care of that, then when he died on the cross, Satan again, we'll be be going back and forth. Satan again thought he wanted, oh, I got him now. But the best thing, part of that story is that he rose. He rose on the third day. He rose on the third day. And um, that's why we have the freedom of our sins forgiven, the freedom of asking God, confessing our sins, the freedom of knowing that we're going to, you know, he's going to come back and get us one day in the twinkling of an eye. So, yes, tonight's episode is born to die because we have to think. We do all these miraculous things. We deck the halls. We put the trees up. You know, we put decorations around us. Oh, you know, the trees around the whole, everybody has a, there's a tree in New York. There's a tree in, um, in um, Washington, D.C. You know, we do all of these glorious things for the holiday. But do we really know what the holiday is representing? Go ahead, Michelle. I'm looking at something going. <laughs> I'll let you know when I'm ready. Oh, my bad. But, yeah, we, we do all these. The Rockefeller Center, you know, because um, I actually got a chance to visit the Rockefeller Center years ago. And, you know, they have the big, beautiful tree out there. People are spending an enormous amounts of money right now. But do they really know why they're spending all this money? Do their children know why? You know, what, you know, did they know that someone was born? How many of us, I might just keep saying it, how many of us really know that 
I'm being born to know that one day I'm going to die to save the sins of the world. You know, you know, how many of us can fathom that in your mind that, you know, you're going to be that sacrificial lamb, that we won't have to sacrifice a lamb anymore like we did in the Old Testament, that, you know, he was the last sacrificial lamb, that as in if we confess our sins, James 1, 9, if we confess our sins to Christ, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what Christmas is all about, that we can confess our sins. You know, Christ will forgive us, but the world won't. Christ will forgive us, but people don't. Christ will forgive us, but people will hold a grudge. Christ will forgive us if we confess our sins, but the world is very unrelentless and the world is very unforgiving. But what happens? The one season that brings everybody together, and that is Christmas, when everybody wants to show a little love, when everybody wants to get together and be all one, where everybody wants to say, hey, I love you, or hey, you know, come on over for the holidays. Last week, we just went over Thanksgiving, just being thankful. Now, as we're beginning the Christmas season, we're, 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 you know, we're all getting, you know, we're all just getting together, buying our gifts, ordering our gifts, cyber, you know, Black Friday. I mean, it's very commercialized. I did a, I wrote a play years ago, well, many years ago, you know, about what's going on at Christmas time. What is really going on at Christmas time? Because it's commercialized. It's so commercialized that we forget we have taken Christ out of Christmas. <coughs> Excuse me. We have taken Christ out of Christmas. So commercialized that it's like a billion dollar industry at the end of the year. Billion billions of dollars are spent at Christmas time. But we just have to realize, you know what? Let's not forget that he was born to die. He was born to die. And as Michelle was looking, I know what she's looking at, then it was, then it just hit me why he had to go to Bethlehem. Because if I'm correct, and I apologize, they were doing a census. And Joseph was from Bethlehem, so he had to go, you know, for the census. Am I correct? Yes, because I was very saved. <laughs> oh, I knew I knew it was Simon. I said, uh-huh. all right, I got it. I got it now. Because I was, you know what I was looking at? Because I said, now I know it was two instances of the children, you know, people having to hide children. So it was Jesus right. and it was Moses. And I was like, did he just mix up the details? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> I had to, and then as I was talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, it was a sense. Like, I was trying to make sure I wasn't crazy. I was like, I'm going to look before I, because I ain't, you know, I ain't going to come. Yeah, but as, as you were, as you were looking, the Lord just brought it back to my remembrance. There was a census going on. And he had to go back, you know, and be counted. So he had to take a long journey and take Mary with him. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about Mary after the break because, you know, that's another story as as it is. But there was a census as Michelle was peeping at in the Bible and he had to go back. But we, we have to remember all of this is God's divine you know, divine plan. When God has something to do, he is going to orchestrate everything to make sure it works out the way that he wants it to work out. All we have to do is follow the plan. Many times God gives us a plan to do, and we rebel. We are so rebellious, it's pathetic, you know, because we'll say, well, God, that's your plan, but that's not my plan. And so God said, okay, you can be hard-headed. But Joseph, Joseph had to be obedient and, you know, take Mary, you know, after he found out that she was pregnant and a Angel told him it was, uh, you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, you don't have to, you know, disown her or put her away. 
But this is, you know, she was carrying the Son of God. So he was obedient, you know. So, and then he had to, you know, go to his hometown and be counted. So as he was, you know, as he went there, there was, as they say, there was no room in the end. Even that was orchestrated because they were looking for the king of kings back then. Who was looking for a king to be born in the stable? Who was looking for a king to be born poor? You know, they were looking for something that was right in front of their face. But, the, but you know, it's almost like God was trying to surprise them. Like, you're looking for someone who's already here. You just didn't know it. He grew up right in front of your face. You just didn't know it. He started his ministry at the age of 33, but you did at the age of 30, but you didn't know it because he was right there. He had to grow up and go through everything. He was a son. He was a brother. You know, he was a friend. You know, he had brothers. He had friends. You know, he had to grow up just like us. But he grew up in the front of us um, and people in the front of them back then, but they probably didn't know who he was. To him, to them, he was just Jesus, but they didn't realize that he was the Son of God until after the, you know, his parents knew something special about him, because you know when he was in the temple at the age of twelve, they didn't travel, they went away, traveled, and you know they went to the temple as usual. Then they on their way back, and Jesus was nowhere to be found. And it's like we did an episode on this as well. Jesus was nowhere to be found. They left. Now, how many parents going to leave, leave somewhere? And uh, how many parents are going to leave somewhere and then come back and find out that they forgot their child? And then they had to go back in the shell and go find them again. So would you like to go do something like that? What would you do in that kind of situation, Michelle? Uh, start praying to God. <laughs> start praying to God. But his was a special story because I'm going to read it. Um, in Luke chapter 2, verses starting at 41 to 50. It says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem, like I said, for the festival of Passover. He was 12 years old. They went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, just as I mentioned, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking, verse 44, that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him at the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Let's look at this answer. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know, though, didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand when, what he was saying. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Now, this is one thing, you know, I always try to tell the kids. He had to be obedient unto his parents. It says here in Scripture, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This is the part I like. She she, Mothers don't forget. Mothers remember and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. So he grew up just like the rest of us. 
But he said, and some scriptures say, didn't you know I had to be in my, of my father's business? But, you know, it depends on what reference, where you're looking at. But at the age of 12, so what's that around here, seventh grade? You know, seventh grade, sixth, seventh grade, at the age of 12, seventh grade, if you think about it, he was in a temple talking to Sadducees and Pharisees. And they were asking him questions. He was asking them questions, and they were just having a good time. But all in all, in the back of his mind, one, his mother cherished these things. And even though they had to travel, you know, you would have been calling the cops, the 911, everybody right now. Travel a whole day, we got to go back. Some parents would have been mad. But how can they be mad when he said, why were you searching for me? Then you know that I had to be in my father's house. So that's just going to trump everything you were thinking about. But again, also in the back of his mind, he knew that if we think about time-wise, his real ministry going to start 18 years later. Just trying to get my time. Right, 18 years later at the age of 30. And then, you know, he's going to start doing all his miracles and stuff after that. But he really started talking to people at the age of 12 in the temple. But, again, he still knew in the back of his mind. If we think about it, let's do the math. At 12, um, he started doing this. But he knew in the back of his mind at the age of 33, that 20, what, 21 years after that, that he would be crucified and that he would have to die for the sins of everyone in the world, present, past, and future. But he still went to the temple like he was supposed to do. He still stayed, and his parents had to look at him like he was supposed to because he knew the plan. And in his mind, he probably had all kind of issues like, look, I'm not, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not going to do anything for these people because he grew up among them. But he still loved them. Still loved, he loved his mother. He loved his father. And he was obedient. You know, we try to get our kids to be obedient. They look at us like, like we're crazy. But if we point them to Scripture and tell them that, you know, it says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Even Christ was obedient. Jesus Christ was obedient to his parents because he had to be the example of everything that was about to happen to him and to us. Any questions or comments, Michelle? No, I, I agree with you that, um, that he was an example. And I think it is so funny how um, I always say no, then I start talking. But anyway, <laughs> I, I always think it's funny because, you know, children, I guess they're so pure of heart, but of course, this was Jesus. So that was a whole nother thing going on. But, you know, children just do what they have to do. As adults, we, you know, have fear, we're scared. We don't always do what the Lord is prompting us to do. And, uh, and you know, Jesus just took care of his father's business. So I, I think that's, um, you know, how a lot of children are. They're not as, as weary as us adults are. They just do what they need to do. And we need to be more childlike in that manner. I like the way you said that. You said be more childlike because, again, I continue to read that. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart because, you know, mothers don't forget anything that their children do. She knew he was someone, something special, and she knew who he was. But she still continued to treasure that in her heart. Because that was her son. Now they, you know, he probably just looked up and like, didn't you know I had to be of my father's business? 
We are now at the halfway mark, and the show didn't go over like she normally do, but that's okay. There's still a little <laughs> more time to go. Uh, we are going to hear a few notes from our supporters, music instructors for our learners. We're music notes, no age. If you're interested in music instruction, such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empire, empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of four-figured women. Kirby ticks the boss six too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Kirby Boss Project. We will now hear another song to start us off for the holiday season. And we will be back for part two, or the second part of our show of Born to Die, episode two. Next time you're riding down the road in your car, sing this to the Lord. You'll get where you're going much faster. Come. Let us kneel down before him, worship and adore him. Come on, say it again. Come, let us. Adore him. Come let us adore him. Thank you, Lord. 
on, let me see some hands. We worship Him. Everybody. episode of Born to Die, episode two. We did this last year around this time. Um, uh, can you believe it, Michelle? It's, the year is almost out. We have 31 more days left in this year, and 2019 will be here. But tonight, we are just talking about, you know, Jesus knowing that when he was born, that he was going to die. You know, that he was going to, you know, people that loved him, they, the week before, we celebrate Palm Sunday. This is like a history lesson. We celebrate Palm Sunday. Oh, we loved him. They put the palms down. He came in on a donkey. They, they, they were just cheering him on. And, you know, our people, are, or should I say, people are fickle. Because in a less than a week, they said, give us Barabbas. And then they said, crucify him. And we know the Easter story. Pontius Pilate couldn't, you know, he was going back and forth between the government, you know, the rulers. Pontius Pilate said, I don't see anything wrong. He didn't want to condemn him, so he he washed his hands of it. But then they said, "Give us Barabbas, who was a robber and a thief and a robber, who was up there for what he did. He did he he, but Christ didn't do anything. All he did was love for the three years of his ministry. All he showed was love, and for his show, for him showing love, miracles." Raising the dead, turning water into wine, you know, and, you know, they saying, yay, we love you. They, you know, they did all the emotions that people go through. And what did they say? Crucify him. He knew he was going to, that day was coming. You know, that's why in Gethsemane, you know, praying his, his his sweat was like drops of blood because he didn't want to do it. But this is something we all should take a lesson because we all have, he gives us his free, God gives us a will. You know, he ain't going to, to, to make choices. He ain't going to make us do anything. But Christ said, not my will, but thy will be done. He didn't want to do it. That's why he was praying all night. He was getting upset with the, you know, the, you know, disciples because they were tired and they couldn't even keep up and pray with him. But he said, not my will, but thine, because he did not want to take this cup. He did not want that cup to be upon him. He didn't want to be the one to make that decision. He said, if it was your will, Father, then I'll do it. And he had to be the propitiation for our sins. That we, if he didn't do it, we would still be killing lambs and sacrificing lambs for the blood. Any questions or comments, Michelle? I just wanted to say, you know, I guess when we're we can be a little detached from it now that it's been, you know, all these years ago that he did this for us. And some people almost look at it as like a faraway thing. Uh, But I know one of the things that brought it home to me is, oh, my gosh, if you've never seen (laughs) uh, the passion of the Christ, wow, does that bring it home, what he really, really did. And, you know, even that, even that is not the full, it was was the story of, of, what happened when he when he was sacrificing his life, but 
you know, after after all of that, the full story of, you know, that it was for us. It was for us so that our sins might be forgiven, you know, and what an awesome gift it was, but the suffering that he had to endure in order to wipe our sins away is, is unbelievable. And that really, that was one of the things that brought it home. I I definitely, of course, knew the story, and, of course, I was thankful. But when I saw the movie, it really made me understand the turmoil, the turmoil and the pain that he endured. And it was the turmoil, the pain, the betrayal. It was a lot going on, you know, when all of this was happening. You know, Peter was denying him, and Judas gave him up, and, like, all these things happening. And, um, and you know, the disciples wanted to fight. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was, it was just, it, it was something else. And so, you know, we just need to remember that when when we think about it, it's not a far off thing. It's a it's a personal thing that he did uh, for each and every one of us because God already knew us in the womb. He knew everything about us and he was doing it not just generally but for you and for me. And for you know any anybody who's listening, our listening audience, he did it just for you. So you know that you have to think about it in that way, in order to really feel what he did and understand it and appreciate it. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% correct because we we have to really understand. But, yes, this is Christmas time. We're decking our halls. We're buying presents. We're doing. But, you know, we don't want you guys to miss out on the real reason that someone had to come and be born that night, that silent night, that holy night. Someone had to be born that night. Someone had to be born in that manger, manger. You know, he didn't come at it. They were looking for a king. If you read your Old Testament, they were looking for a king. They were looking for somebody to come. You know, they were looking for a king, but they didn't know the king was amongst them the whole time. He grew up with them. He's the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He grew up with them. He lived amongst them, you know. And as we, as I continue to say, then they turned their back on him. Then they crucified him. So, we, you know, if you're listening in, you can call in and give us, you know, tell us your thoughts on this, not 917-889-2271, or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash and dash the mirror. And, you know, tell us your thoughts, um, even as you're listening to the, you know, on-demand part of this. What are your thoughts when you hear about someone who knew that I'm born just for this one reason? It's almost like, I can say it or not, but it's almost like, you know, when they have marriages that are what they call on the show, you're born, and I know you you already know what your mate's going to be. Oh, the arranged, the arranged marriages, yeah. It's almost like in a, or something that was arranged because he was arranged to be that sacrificial lamb for us after, excuse me, <coughs> after Adam and Eve had, you know, did the first sin, you know, after that someone had to take the place and represent us. So we won't, again, I continue to say it, so we won't be out there. Can you, could you imagine us now have to go sacrifice a lamb? Just go get a lamb, sacrifice it, you know, on an altar. But God said no. That's why in, in James 1 9, we can always say, 
if we confess our sins, he is faithful and gives us sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If he didn't do that, if that didn't happen, if we weren't able to confess our sins to Christ, then we would still we would still be lost. There's no way we will be able to make it into the kingdom. That's why, and we back up and go back to the verse we started off with, for God so loved. How many of us love that much? Not the financial, like you want to get that, you know, $500 gift for your kid and say, yeah, I love you. No. Are you loving enough to sacrifice one of your children? Are you loving enough to sacrifice something that you truly love and say, here, that's what God said, for God so loved. He loved us so much that he gave. A lot of us like to get, Michelle, but do we like to give? We always want to be on a receiving end, but do we like to give? You know, we'll always have our hand open, but do we always do we want to grab something and give it to somebody and say, here? You know, I challenge you guys this year that as the season goes by, um, one thing we always got to do is when someone does something for us, let's pay it forward. Let's do a kind deed before the year is one kind deed. Yeah, I, if you've done it already, that's a good thing. But before this year ends, we will have a new year, a new year show coming up. But you know, in, in a month or so. But before this year ends, do a kind deed because Christ did a kind deed when He went up and sacrificed Himself at the age of thirty-three, knowing. You know, that that's what he was born to do. That's a plan that blows my mind. If I already know I got to do this, I just have to follow the plan that God set, God, my father, set before me. Do I want to do do it? Probably not. But I had to follow the plan that God set before me so I can continue. So I, you know, so he can be the sacrificial lamb the one and only sacrificial lamb that takes away the sins of the world. That blows my mind at this time of year because we're we're all going through something in our life. But if we just take that moment to show a little kindness, show a little love, you know, to somebody, you know, just as Christ showed love to us, show a little love to somebody, you know, you know, sometimes we have to sacrifice. Sometimes we have to get out of self and show a little love to somebody and say, hey, look, how can I help you? What can I do for you? That's the kind of love that Christ has shown to us. That's, he was born to do that. He was born to do that. That's the kind of love that he was, you know, born to do. He went over and beyond. And then I asked the question, you know, as we're wrapping up, to the last 10 minutes, I asked the question before, when was he born? He has. He wasn't born. He has always been. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So there is no birthday to Christ. You know, many times we think about, yeah, May, uh, April, not April, um, December 25th. Yes, all I can say is Christmas. You know, you know, we think about what the real meaning of Christmas was where where did Christmas start from? Where did Christian Christmas start from? That was I did ask she probably forgot. I did ask Michelle look that up from, but where did Christmas start? I, I didn't forget, but I was but it it was what you call they call it a a pagan holiday. Yep. The first recorded date of Christmas being celebrated on December 25th was in 336 during the time of the Roman Emperor Constantine. He was the first Christian Roman Emperor. A few years later, Pope Julius I officially declared that the birth of Christ would be celebrated on the 25th of December. So, yeah, they would celebrate the birth of Christ on the 25th of December. That. And and it also had to do with um, I think it's a combination of the the winter solstice 
solstice celebration. Okay. So that that was like part of the pagan, and it was like all um, festivals and things. It was celebrated that way. So that I think it was part of the winter, winter solstice. I can't say that word right, but winter, winter solstice. And I'm looking, it says, Christ's Mass was being celebrated in Rome by 350 A.D. And this is probably the place that was celebrated, the place that the celebration of Christmas originated. So so the answer to your question as to which modern-day country celebrated, originated Christmas is that Christmas was founded in Palestine, but first celebrated in Italy. So they have several different views of it, but it was a pagan holiday that we, as you know, as the Christians have taken on and of celebrating it. But again, it's not a day of just celebrating Christ's birth because, you know, our our children think that it's, um, our children think that, yes, it was Christmas. Our children think Santa Claus. Santa Claus has nothing to do with Christmas. You know, it it, it it was just taken to be now is more commercialized, and that's what I wrote a play years ago. I lost it, but it's more commercialized than anything. You know, it's more of a monetary thing. Let's make money off of this. Mm-hmm. Let's make money off of it. You know, it's more commercialized than anything. But, you know, as we're winding down, we don't want you guys to forget the room, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. He came, he, last year was came to die, this year was born to die, episode two, because it's the same thing. You know, he came, he came, he came. You know, he, at the age of 12, to wrap up, he was in the temple, doing what his father sent him to do, teaching, talking, ministering doing what his father told him to do, having him do everything that he was supposed to do. And um, then, again, as we as we stated, that um, 30 years later, he started his ministry. And then three, he, he, that's the shortest ministry around. Three years later, he was crucified. Because that was all in the divine plan. That was all in the divine plan from day one, from the manger to the cross. I like the sound of that. From the manger (laughs) to the cross. Uh And everything else was just the journey. He was born in a manger, and he was crucified on the cross. He was born poor, and he was crucified. And, again, everything else in the middle, we all have to take a journey somewhere in life. So we have to realize that that manger was one thing, and that cross was another thing. So as we're winding down, I'm going to let Michelle, if she has any more comments, um, we have a little under five minutes to go. But I just, you know, the Lord just gave me that one, from the manger to the cross. Again, in the middle was his journey. You see, part of his journey, as I mentioned, at 12 years old, you know, that was the first little glimpse of what was to come. Then after that, what's the rest of it? Any um, any closing remarks, Michelle? I think this this was a uh, a great show, mostly because you know a lot of times people don't like to get into the, the nuts and bolts and the story around. You know, everybody's just like, "Oh, joy, joy, Christmas, happy Christmas, the Christmas spirit, this is that and the other." Um, and just everybody loves that feeling of like goodwill that comes over you at this time of year. And that's all, I think that's beautiful. But, um, you know, you definitely need to 
understand where all that all that is coming from and and what really happened because you know that will make us cherish uh this day even more just as a way to just as a way to honor Christ and the sacrifice that he made so i you know i think it's great to to celebrate that Amen, amen, amen. I just, I enjoyed the show because, you know, as we mention these things in church, as we're going to church, as we're getting our choirs together, as we're getting our, you know, putting all the little pageants, as all the decorations are going up, you know, I really don't want you guys to continue to, let's not forget that, you know, and let me put this in your head that, you know, he went, and I'm going to continue to say that, he went from the manger that he was born in to a cross where he was crucified in. And that journey in the middle was for us to find out what the true story of Christ feeding the 5,000, turning water into wine, the woman at the well, Zacchaeus up in a tree, the parables that he told the prodigal son. There's many, 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 many stories of Christ in the four Gospels because each one is a different insight of, you know, the story of Christ. There are many, but they all are saying the same thing, that he was born in a manger and that he ended up on a cross. So, you know, that that's what I want you guys to really think about, meditate around this holiday. Still enjoy your holiday. You know, you know, still enjoy that. To talk to the children. We want to continue to tell our children what the real meaning of Christmas is. Don't let them grow up thinking. Don't let them, you know, grow up thinking that it's all about Santa Claus. It's all about getting gifts. Because, you know, years ago when we was going to depression, everybody was going through you know, we think about everybody was going through. So all those gifts that we used to get all the time got very minimal. But we just want to continue. You know, we, you know, continue, continue just to keep each other in prayer. You know, we continue. We thank you guys for um, listening in tonight. Um, thank you for all your support. We, you know, the show will be on on demand um, about within thirty minutes. So if you want to listen, pass it on, and let's continue to pray for each other. You know, because this is the Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. Again, if someone says when was his birthday, just saying he's the Alpha and Omega. He's always been. Um, join us next week. Um, that'll be December. Six, if I'm correct, or seven, something like that, December 7th, um, we will have our Perpetual Praise Friday because we want to always start the new month off with the Perpetual Praise. So on the 7th, will be Perpetual Praise Friday. And then we'll continue to be in the season of Thanksgiving that we just have in celebration of Christ, celebrating Christ's birthday. But again, you know, let's not forget that he was born to die. And we thank you guys for supporting Man and Mara. And this is Kyle Montgomery signing off. And as always, we'll see you at the Mara. Come on, come on.